0: two tours at the VA, uh, uh inpatient hospital in, inpatient program for PTSD at Toma, twice. Um, I'm six years sober now, uh, which is really good for me, you know, so I, I had a very, a very intense hard time, uh, transitioning and coming to the place that I am now.
1: Welcome to the Stigma Free Vet Zone podcast. Our mission is to help veterans and their family members transition from military to civilian life and culture. As best we can, we avoid stigmatizing names and terms. We feature conversations with those who have encountered unexpected reactions in their journey, including nightmares, rage and isolation. Participants in our segments share experiences that make them uniquely qualified to join the quest to identify, understand, and resolve these enormous life challenges. Stigma Free Vet Zone is brought to you by the Orban Foundation for Veterans. Learn more by visiting the Orban dot org, and donations are always welcome at the OrbanFoundationForVeterans dot org slash donate. Thank you for embarking on this educational journey with the Stigma-free Vet Zone podcast. Here's today's segment.
2: Welcome back to the Stigma- Free Vet Zone from our studio on the banks of the Milwaukee River and overlooking the Museum of Wisconsin Art. We are today continuing our conversation with Marine Veteran and Director of Peace of Crispin's Mark Allen. So, Mark, let's just jump right back in and share some of the struggles that that you experienced in your transition from military culture back to civilian culture and life.
0: Two tours at the VA uh, uh, inpatient hospital, inpatient program for PTSD at Toma, twice. Um, I'm six years sober now, uh, which is really good for me. You know, so I had a very, a very intense, hard I didn't uh, transition and come into the place that I am now. And I can tell you right now, it wasn't the VA that got me through that. Not, not dogging on the VA or anything, um, which is maybe a separate conversation. But uh, uh, I, 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 uh, I found meaning and relief. I found what I needed in other places and it wasn't at the VA.
2: You know. Let me ask you, Mark, I'll ask you this question Uh, How was your sleep when you got home?
0: Terrible. Uh, Years and years I drank so I could pass out. And And I still struggle with it. You know, I still have horrible anxiety and, you know, things like that. But it's definitely manageable. And I got more of the, I know what I'm doing. I know what I, I know I can, I can handle it now. I know what to do, you know, if I ever uh so, so,
2: yeah I, I think that would be a, a, a real good starting point because i i had problems with nightmares and sleep when i came home and i didn't even know why i had them uh, looking back now I, of course i knew but i would think for most of the the folks in our audience uh, that should be a, a, an awakening right there if your sleep is uh, is bad that's the first indication that something's not right and i would check that out but now mark take us into feast of crispins and wh- how that developed where you got involved what is it doing what's the benefits what Tell us the, the, yeah. this place you are now, because it's so beautiful and so, yeah. so important.
0: So, uh, I'll just kind of fuse. So give some, some context. So, sure. you know, in the, in the world of veteran treatment, obviously there's the monolithic institution of the VA and their, uh, inpatient and outpatient treatment program. We, I think we all know what those, what that is, um, which is a very, you know, rigid kind of, uh, uh Freudian clinical way of dealing with uh, uh, PTSD and treatment and all that. And it hasn't been very effective. I mean, if you look at any of the data like I do, and you know, um, it's just really kind of been, just hasn't been good for vets. The, the outcomes have not been what uh, nearly is close to what the money and the resources have been in So something something is, has, is not working, something isn't right. They, I think, you know, there's been a real need and a push and a desire uh, in the veteran community to, uh, seek out alternative methods, not necessarily as something to replace the VA so much, but to kind of supplement as an alternative. So things like yoga, meditation, Tai Chi, art therapy, uh, theater and psychedelics, uh, just as a, as a bit of a tangent uh, for me, psychedelics, the, the alternative side, like meditation, yoga, psychedelics, theater, these things, Oh, you it could, could really go on
2: and nice. on. You Equine therapy, canine therapy, guitars oh, for yeah. Darts, I, yeah. I've uh, been to, uh, right down the uh, road.
0: Like, yeah, so I I, uh, I really got turned on to this. And believe me, you know, six, seven years ago, if you would have come up to me and said, hey, man, how do you feel about doing theater for PTSD? I would have just probably slapped you for being a <laughs> little, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I was still, I was, I had such a huge ego you know, and I was a big muscly dude, I mean, but I also abused anabolics, drinking, pharmaceutical. You know what I mean? I was in a bad way, and my attitude was not good. And you know, if you'd have suggested, "Hey, man, you should try yoga or something," yeah. I'd have been. I would have
2: reached out and said, shut up yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that." You know, yeah, right. out of here, you know? Try this, <laughs> but, but you know,
0: it was. I, uh, but you know, when I finally uh, did, kind of just broke down and, and set aside my ego and, and actually tried it with. Uh, Sincerity um, I haven't looked back I've been sober for years now uh, you know my life is just is several orders of magnitude better in terms of my mental health and overall health and
2: everything. How, ab- how about your, your personal relationships Have they been important have they been successful have they well something we should leave alone
0: Some have been successful some have you know <laughs> uh, I am divorced you know uh, I went through that whole kind of typical, you know, I, I had a beautiful home, beautiful wife, two car garage, two story house with the state pillars in green Bay. You know, I had two giant English Mastiff dogs, you know, I had it all man. And, uh, just poured kerosene and lit the match and just destroyed yeah, all of that.
2: You know? but, but, but let's be, try and be a little bit careful and respectful of yourself. At least I will. And it's not like you poured the kerosene and lit the match intentionally. It, it was, you know, the, would it be fair to no, say I, there are a lot I, of unresolved other stuff that just took yeah. precedence and had to be resolved?
0: I was drinking a lot, and I just—I was a different, different person. I was a different kind of guy, yeah,
2: and uh,
0: I just had a really bad attitude. I just didn't give a shit about anyone or anything, you know. And
2: it costs fighting all
0: the time, do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah.
2: I just want to bring back one point that you made. I think is very important when you said that the VA, not necessarily VA, but mental health profession, it's not a you know, feast of crispins and yoga. These, are, these aren't replacements, hundred percent replacements no. for that. But what you say is absolutely true. And I think so important, these other, what they would call alternative healing resources, yoga, Tai Chi, um, obviously feast of crispins, uh, uh, hunters helping veterans uh yeah. You know, the outdoors, nature, yeah. getting outside, all of these things are helpful. I believe uh, there's, uh, the Marines have something called, uh, it's some organization that take veterans uh, kayaking, canoeing down rivers, all of these different sure. things, Semper Fi, I think it's called, or, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You have all of these things. These are alternatives, but in conjunction with the, the professional mental health treatments, these are ideal. One without the other, I think, is is losing something. So together, as you said, I think it's very, very important. Yeah. One doesn't replace the other, but together the, the, they're, they're very effective. Uh, absolutely.
0: And, and, you know, veterans need to take responsibility and advocate for themselves and absolutely. find what works best for them. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not, I wouldn't put my eggs in all one basket, of course, but uh, it's been a combination of things at certain times that have helped. Um, you know, the, uh, the the camaraderie and team building. So like a couple of years ago, uh, I went on this retreat in uh, Malibu, which was all paid for, uh, with this uh, veteran nonprofit uh, started by a, a retired uh, Green Beret uh, gentleman uh, and a couple of first responders. Uh, one guy was a uh, – I think he just retired. He's a career undercover cop with LAPD. And uh, anyway, so, so first responders. So they put together this week-long retreat where it was all – it wasn't clinical. It was it – was, you know how in, in uh, psychology there's Freud and Jung, right? So the VA's clinical system is based off of Freud, right? Clinical psychology. But then there's depth psychology, depth, which is the Jungian, the archetypal side, right? The shamanistic yoga, meditative side of things, psychedelic, you know, and uh, it, was, it was more uh, framed in that. So we read books. We, went, we did obstacle courses together. And, of course, they brought vets and first responders from all over the country and even uh, a guy from Canada. Um, it was all paid for uh, by donations from some, uh, in fact, uh, we met one of the anonymous donors. It was, um, uh ah, Jerry Seinfeld.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: yeah. Yeah. So that was, so things like that. Yeah. So it was all paid for. The lodging was great. It, it was, it was in the hot Malibu Hills. You know, they, we went down to the beach and did meditation. We did, we worked out together. Uh, we did these obstacle courses together, you know, and it was all infused with like this, storytelling stuff. And it was just, it was awesome. It was just awesome. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's the supplemental side of things, you know, um, obviously there's a place for the clinical part of it. I mean, there, there's, there's, it's absolutely appropriate, uh, in, in some instances and, you know, professionals will have to be the ones to do that. But I think for most vets, it's, it's gotta be a combination of things, man, because there's certain things that you need that you're not going to get from the VA. I agree. You're just not going to get it, man. You know, you're, not, you're just not going to get it. You know? so, so I think for a lot of vets, especially the, you know, the the tough guy, ego guys, the tough guys that, you know, they're tough guys.
2: Invincible. Gotta
0: Invincible. Grow, I think my message to them is grow up a little bit. Set that shit aside. Don't worry. There's a lot of other tough guys just like you that have done it. There's no shame. You don't have to worry about no one talking shit, you know, which is really it's a, it's a pride thing. Put that put that aside, man, because you are not going to believe what you'll get out of this other stuff. Just try it. I was the worst offender. I swear to God, if you would come up to me and said, hey, man, what do you think about this doing this yoga stuff? I just, you know.
2: Oh, I I was right there, there too. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, that's that was my attitude. But that was just that was immaturity. You know, that was that was uh, just it was just. Not
2: good. Not good. Uh, and going back to another thing, you said that again. I think is worth repeating and very, very important that you have to advocate as you're a, a veteran for yourself. If any yeah. of us think that we're going to go and sit with a psychiatrist and he's going to sprinkle magic pixie dust on us and we're going to be fine, that's just not there. They're only there to guide us through uh, resolving these issues ourselves. But it, it, I think it would be much more important as you're doing. Think of this as educational. This is, yeah. the, you, you have a response. Why do we have to think that it's mental health? Why can't we think of this as educational? I'm having this response. My car's even, broken down, so even, I need a mechanic uh, to help me fix it.
0: Yeah, or even a spiritual dimension. Because oh, absolutely. Are, veterans, we all know, especially those of us that have been in, in a combat situation and, and dealt with life and death.
2: Right.
0: There's nothing clinical about that. <laughs> there isn't, well, there's, uh, there's nothing fucking academic.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and if it know. is clinical, why don't you put your clinic on the battlefield yeah, so you're right yeah, there? No, dude, there that, that is a
0: deeply human, spiritual, you know, thing that's going on there. Yeah. And, and if you if we don't address that part of our nature, you know, which, which the clinical side of it is just not equipped to do deal with. They're just not, because it doesn't even, if you know anything about Freudian psychology, it's, it's, it's all based on reductionist materialist Cartesian, you know what I mean? Which was all the whole point of that is, is the anti-woo, you know? So when you start talking about meditation, yoga, psychedelics to these guys, their brains fry because that's the (laughs) woo-woo stuff. They can't,
2: yeah, they're, they're still in the, they're, well. They're back. they're still in the textbook. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: they're the textbooks, man. You got to get out and go be with your yeah. fellow man, and if you want to experience that, you know? with you And doing crazy shit too. Like uh, uh, a couple years ago, two, three, three years ago, I went down to Peru, and spent a week in the Amazon with a shaman and a group of people drinking ayahuasca. Yeah right you know going through a huge purge you know sometimes you got to do wild shit like that if yeah. you if you really are serious about getting better and uh you know it's not an end unto itself it's like everything else we just said it's a means to
2: no question but it's a very
0: it. potent part so you got to use the tools that are available to you and don't let your fucking puny ego get in the way right. of
2: well, that's and, and, a and wouldn't it be fair to say, Mark, that that end is out there and you've got to find it. Nobody's going to get you there. No
0: one's going to give it to you, man. you got
2: to stand up and, and, and go and look for it. But that's the adventure. Um, and... If you don't take that control, you're you're welcome to sit in your basement and get drunk all you want. You're not going to get an Article 15 for that. You're not going to get a Do whatever you want. You want to lose your family, your children, go ahead and do it. There's no punishment for that that's coming from the outside. But if you want to do it for your own self, then get up you're and do it. Uh,
0: punishing yourself, man. That's yeah. all you're so doing. take
2: us to Feast for Christmas. I, I, I want to so, know okay. about this. Uh,
0: <laughs> so good segue. So Feast of Crispian, you know, I'm going. this is a good segue, uh, connecting to what we talked about earlier and that, you know, You come home, you have this crazy experience and you want to, you know, you don't know how to relate to people, but you want to, you need to unload this, but there's nowhere to unload it. You you mean you go to your, your, your friends, old friends, people, whatever, and they just kind of give you those platitudes that, that makes them very, I mean, if you start talking in detail about your experience, people start backing away, like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we don't want to hear this. Yeah, We know? just because, want to
2: talk about the Packers yeah, on yeah, Monday they morning. Just, <laughs> they
0: just want the, yeah. They don't want to hear the, the, the reality, you know, because then I think because they, if they know about that, uh, it makes them uncomfortable because they feel, I think, a sense of responsibility and guilt and everything. And it's like, they have to do something. So people who I think would prefer, um, well, we, the, 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 the mission of Fisa Crispian is, is, is twofold or a couplefold actually. So one, obviously what we want to do is we want to uh, uh, provide a comfortable, open environment for the veterans to, you know, talk about their experiences, get them out there with no pretense, no pretext, no uh, expectations. We don't even have them sign in. You know, we just have them come sit down and start shooting shit in a kind of group setting no paperwork, nothing. Um, And then once they, we've, you know, got them to talk and talk about their experiences and everything. Then the the founders of the organization who are also the primary, the principal facilitators, uh, they've got years of experience teaching drama, acting, and theater. They, in fact, two of them are professors at UW Milwaukee in the Peck school of the arts. So what we do is we take the veteran stories and, and experience and we go into the lexicon of Shakespeare and Uh, try to match up the veteran and their specific experience and story with characters and scenes out of Shakespeare. And then we put two together and we teach them how to act, how to, how to, how to perform. And we have them tell their story, but through the words of Shakespeare, because a lot of times guys, gals, they, you know, especially when you're dealing with shit like suicide, you know, military sexual trauma, Depression.
2: You name, Depression. Yeah, you
0: name it, you name it, yeah, it's, it can be really hard. Like we have one guy from Vietnam who never actually directly talks about his experience. He is always talking about it in abstract terms or third person, you know, and, and he's always coming at it from a different angle. He never actually talks directly about it like he did something. So it's really useful for him to talk about his experience when using the Shakespeare of the language of Shakespeare. So there's that component. But the other component is when we do our annual productions and we actually have the vets get out in front of, a, of, a, of an audience, right? What we do is we take, remember that when we just talked about how, you know, people don't want to hear what you have to say, right? Well, here we have a situation and, you know, the, one of the biggest frustrations for vets is that there's no one to talk to. You can't talk to these regular folks on the street. You can't talk to your docs because all they do is throw some pills at you. You can't talk to your family because they say, well, here, just have a beer, go, you know. So you can't unload it. You can talk to other vets, right? But it's not the same. You want to unload this stuff. So part of what we're doing is we're getting the vets to unload. We're creating an, an environment and an atmosphere where, where the society or the community can come to a neutral place and the vets can come. And the vets, without using their own words, are performing using Shakespeare. So for the audience, it's it's it kind of smooths the rough edges, right? So there's a there's an entertainment component to hearing what these guys are saying, and you know, and I remember. So I performed in our theater festival a couple years ago, and it really hit me about the real value of what we do. When I got done with my performance piece, I was I did a part. I, I think I was I was Cassio and Iago from uh, Othello. Anyways. So when I got done emoting and, you know, rah, 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 doing all my stuff, I got a fucking standing ovation. Right. So, so it was completely turned around. You see? So instead of, you know, the doctors being like, mm, you know, we don't, you know, or my family being like, here, have a beer, shut the fuck up. Or the community being like, well, we don't, we hear, we look, we're fine. We got our yellow sticker. So we're good. Right. No, no, no. Now you're in the same room with them and they have to hear you. But Instead of getting that feedback, like, you know, you're always getting this negative feedback as a vet, like, like your experience. No one wants to hear what you You, you just get this negative feedback, like something's wrong with you. Like, you know, you, you can't share it. There's no pride. You don't feel good about it. You know, you're always getting this bad feedback. Go to the bar. Shut the fuck up. Take your pills. When you're out there on the stage doing Shakespeare, you don't get that. When you tell your story using the words of Shakespeare, you get a fucking standing ovation. So the feedback is no longer negative. Instead, you're getting accolades, which is hugely, immensely therapeutic and cathartic for any veteran, for the first time ever, talking about their stories, and a whole crowd of 200 people stands up and applauds you. That is genius. That is fucking genius. That's what we do. That's what we do. But that's just another little part of the whole process of coming home and and, Relieving yourself of the stress and anxiety and the emotions and all that stuff. You know?
2: Yeah, I do. Mark. That's what we do. That, that's, uh, that's very powerful. I, I would like to ask you about this. And as part of that, when you talk about going to talk to your family or going to speak with uh, a psychiatrist, and just a, a few minutes ago, you mentioned. Uh, even pointing to your chest, the intent how how personal this is to you, this stuff that's in your soul, in your spirit. Uh, Albert Schweitzer referred to that as the sanctity of a soul, this stuff that is yours. It's so deep. Where's the element of trust in here for the veteran coming to this? Because a lot of us don't trust just yep. telling anybody on the street. We don't well, trust telling mental health, but why, now, now you're coming into this place and you can, tr- can you trust this place that you can tell your story? And it's that that's the element of being with veterans. Don't you think it's, you trust that? yeah, Of
0: course. And there's always a, uh, a component of trust building amongst us as we're doing our, like our rehearsals and doing our workshops and all of that. But we get over the trust hurdle because remember we're, u- we're not using their words. We're using Shakespeare. So it gives the veteran a kind of buffer where they can uh, confidently and in a more relaxed way, tell their story, but they're not using their words, but they are telling their story. And there's a whole other esoteric dimension to this, which is a podcast in and of itself. But yeah, so we, so we, we get over that hurdle of trust by, by putting that buffer of Shakespeare between the veteran and the people receiving this, the story. See, so there's the really, kind of there's true, really no,
2: <clears throat> excuse me, really no threat to the veteran, veteran, other than his own acting abilities that somebody might throw. Yeah,
0: but I think <clears throat> that there's, there's, like I said, the esoteric dimension is to consider when you really reflect on it. Don't you think it's kind of interesting that you could use uh, language that was created hundreds of years ago to tell the exact same stories that we're dealing with today? Right. This is what they mean when they say it's timeless. And the real genius behind Shakespeare is that the stories that he was telling in 1615, whatever, are the same stories that were being told 2000 BC and will be the same stories that will be told 2000 years hence. See, it's timeless.
2: It's timeless because we human beings keep doing we're the same beings. things. We live, we
0: <laughs> go through, it's a cyclical yes. thing. And, you know, and I didn't know this, but Thedier originally came out of the greeks as a way to reintegrate their warriors when they came back from war because what they would do is they would bring the whole community together and the warriors would tell their tales and then they would go through this kind of ritual where they would you know ritualistically put their shields down and they would put down their take off their military guard right in front of the whole community and they would set their spears down and they would go through this kind of ritual where now they were stepping out of the temple of Mars and they were being re received by the community in this way. And then it was only after they told their stories to the whole community. So, that, so that the, the community that sent them to fight on their behalf was also taking that, that emotional and spiritual baggage and was spreading it out around so that the veterans wasn't being, weren't holding it all. Because when you hold that in, it's corrosive and it festers, and that's why you get all the 22 suicides a day.
2: Yeah, I, I agree I, with you, I, and I think that's a, a, a point that you could make over and over and over, Mark. Through history, cultures uh, have been there to welcome their soldiers home and cleans, cleanse them of the, of, the, of, the, of what they did at war and welcome them back to now being, again, a member of the, the civilian that's society, and we don't about. do and that. We give you a sheet do, of paper. a horrible
0: track record. I mean— there are, I mean, there's a lot of people who understand that and do try very hard. I mean, you know, like the DAV, uh, the USO, uh, you know, locally there's local uh, uh, nonprofit organizations, but you know, in the aggregate, uh, as a, as a society, as an American culture society, uh, yeah, I think we get an F minus on that. Yeah, I, I would say so and it, is, and it would be if nice if it was, it was there. A is is, is an epic failure. Yeah. Epic failure.
2: Yeah. So uh, how does somebody find out more about Feast of Crispian? Do they participate? Does the veteran participate? Does the community participate? Where do we learn more about this f- from, uh, from your standpoint, Mark?
0: Uh, well, www.feastofcrispian.org is the quickest way, of course. Uh, we have monthly workshops at the VA uh, Medical Center down there in National um uh our scheduling i think is on our website um you can always reach out to myself if you want some more information you can go to the facebook page uh type in feast of crispian we're up on youtube so if you want to uh watch any of our productions you can get an idea of what it is that we do you know there's two sides of what we do the, the production side is one thing but the productions are an extension of the of the real core work which is the workshops at the VA in the hospital with the vet, with the veterans who are going through the inpatient PTSD program. See, we try to go right to where the vets are. And the VA has been uh, very magnanimous in in letting us in there. You know, in fact, just recently, we, originally we were uh, part of an elective, right? So the vets who are going through the program uh, could opt to go to our workshop if they wanted to. But because they've seen, they've, they've I think, the, and you know, the, the VA, you, we have, in some regard, we have to drag the VA along because it's a giant, monolithic, bureaucratic, you know, entity. It's the mothership. And that, yeah, and yeah, it's the mothership. But I think locally, the VA and the staff are really starting to recognize the value and benefit of what things like what Fisa Crispian is doing. And so just recently we were incorporated into a mandatory curriculum for the vets, which is a huge validation for us, you know, especially when it comes to the fundraising part. But heading on a
2: second, Mark, so Feast of Crispin's was was mandated by the VA to be part of their. No, 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 no. no,
0: no. We're a nonprofit agency and we have gotten very lucky to uh, be invited to work with the vets at the VA. That doesn't happen very often because right. the VA is fiercely Protective of its vets, which for good reason. Of oh, course. yeah. But no, um, that's but wonderful. No, like I said, originally, we were part of an elective. So the veterans could choose to do it or not. But now they've made us part of the mandatory curriculum. So in other words, it's part of their daily regimen.
2: That's what I mean. I you mean, that, I'm that's yeah. impressive. That That's really impressive. impressive. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is. That's a, that's a huge validation for us. I mean I I mean, obviously we're not going to force any of the veterans to do anything they don't want to do. Right. But the fact that we're now part of that curriculum for the vets uh, is a huge validation. So what the VA is essentially saying is we value what you do because we see we see outcomes from it. Right. We see it actually it works. It can really help with with some with vets. Right. Not all vets, but I'd say with most.
2: Right. If they. One of the things that I noticed, and I went through the same program at Toma. It didn't take the first time. I had to go the second time. And, uh, but the one thing that I've noticed is the more we offer these alternative healing methods, whether it's yoga, kayaking, uh, you know, hunters helping veterans, golf for veterans, whatever it is. If we're putting it out there, you say, well, you might not want to see it. But at least the veteran has that intuition to say, yes, I want to try that. Or yes, I want to try that. No, I don't want to do poetry. Uh, you, you know, like you said, yo, ah, you, you got to be kidding me. But Feast of Christmas, I might want to try that. It's putting all of these things out there for the veteran to choose that one. That yes. I think is so very important. And, and that's why I see a value in every activity because we don't know the veteran that it's actually going to be helpful for. So, right. so you putting that out there is wonderful. So, so do me a favor, Mark spell feast of Crispin. So people can find this on, and uh, on Facebook, um, uh, okay. and on your website. And so we have the information of where they might contact you, uh, if, if you're going to write it down and put it on the screen, then I'll have to tell him because this is just an audio.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super easy. So the Feast of Crispian, uh, F-E-A-S-T of Crispian, uh, C-R-I-S-P-I-A-N. Uh, and if you don't know your Shakespeare, that's uh, from Henry V. Uh, Were uh, you know um, those who shed his blood their blood with me on this day will be my brother speech from Henry the Fifth. Yeah. Um, so that's where it comes from. It's a
2: play. And, on and they're going to anyone in the audience is going to find that on our website as well because we'll be posting that. And then on Facebook will be the same feast of Crispin. Feast of Crispin. Uh, yeah. And you said there was one other the, the website.
0: Uh, YouTube. YouTube or, or our, we have an actual website uh, feastofcrispian dot org org. That's right.
2: We'll find that out. I, I want to add to this, and this is really the truth because we spoke about this before. I have a very good friend who was a door gunner. We were both in the 1st Cavalry Division in Vietnam. He was shot down or crashed six times, had extraordinary difficulty when he came home, and uh, I was asking him to to go with me today and do something. He said he can't because he's got a workshop for Feast of Crispin's. So this is not something – I mean, this is hardcore – uh experience that this man had in combat and war. And he is finding this after 50 years to be one of the things that he looks forward to the most in helping him with his, uh, with his journey.
0: Yeah. I just want to make one more plug. So what, what this gentleman you're referring to is what they're working on is we have uh, so, like I said, uh, we have our core work, which is the workshops at the VA and then Out of those workshops come our production. So once we do the therapeutic end of it, we, uh, uh, we put on the production for the, for the, uh, the, so that we can get the audience side of it too. We don't charge tickets or anything either. It's totally free because we're a nonprofit organization. Um, but our production is coming up next month, August 25th, 26th, 27th. Uh, the production is, they just changed the name, uh, Call, it was Honor Flight, but now it's uh, And uh, Welcome Home Again. And it's, uh, it's a production based on the stories of a group of Vietnam veterans who meet regularly. And I think that gentleman is part of this group at Dry Hooch uh, here locally in Milwaukee. It is. Yeah. And uh, so our, what we wanted to do was to capture and document their stories, you know, because, you know, those Vietnam guys, they're not getting younger.
2: Yeah, I'm one of them. This is, this is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a way to yeah.
0: you know, capture their stories for posterity yeah. as well. A- you know,
2: a- so. a- absolutely. And and there is no age that we ever get to where we can't say whatever's left in our life doesn't have value. So uh, Yeah,
0: so anyone listening who's interested, it's uh, August 25th, 6th, and 7th, or 6th, 7th, and 8th, I can't remember. It's at Next Act Theater in Milwaukee. And uh, you can just go to their website, org or, or our website, and uh, give some more
2: information. And you'll also find it on our website because we're certainly going to get all that information and post it on our yeah, website I, I and on a... our Facebook page. Yeah, okay. All right. So, Mark Ellen, former Marine, uh, director of whoa, whoa, Feast of whoa, Crispin. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes.
0: Former Marine? Oh, I'm sorry. That's
2: a, I'm in the army.
0: <laughs> sorry, uh, I've never heard of any former.
2: Marine. No, yeah. So but I have
0: heard of uh, you know.
2: Okay, give me the proper term. I know I'm supposed to know it.
0: Well you, you know the army loves their acronyms, right? Yes. So you know what the army stands for, don't you? I've heard
2: many different versions
0: of it. A A R M Y aren't really marines yet. <laughs> yes. <man. laughs> and if Sorry, we were having a couple of
2: beers, we'd have all kinds of comeback Mark, for yeah. that, but we're not doing that anymore <laughs> either. So thank you Mark Allen, we will post all of this about Feast of Crispins on our website and we thank you for joining us today and your comments and feedback are very, very important to us. And uh, for those who are having a media uh, crisis, uh, I, I encourage you to reach out to the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and then press one or text them at 838-255-CHAT. Uh, there's always somebody available. And I, would, I I hope that you're seeing in this conversation with Mark and the conversations we've had before, that toughest step, the first one, Take it, get past it. It'll be over in five minutes if you just take it and dedicate yourself not to impressing on the world what you've seen and haven't seen, but dedicate yourself to your own health and your own happiness and that internal soul and spirit that really needs the attention and give up, as Mark said, give up all the crap of hiding it from the world and and go take care of it. So uh, I'd also like to mention that the Stigma-Free Vet Zone is brought to you through a grant from the Charles E. Kubley Foundation, and for many of you who have experience with uh, aspects of suicide, you know that depression is a very, very punishing part uh, that may lead up to suicidal thinking. So the Charles E. Kubley Foundation has dedicated themselves to the families and soldiers and veterans in the state of Wisconsin. So check them out at uh, Charles E. Foundation.org. And today's engineer is Kerry Wheaton. And for co-host Aaron Schroffnagel and Bob Bach, I'm Mike Orban. And remember, and I hope you will agree with us, this is educational, not stigmatizing. Join us next time. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Stigma Free Vet Zone podcast. Your feedback is welcomed and encouraged. You'll find contact information on our webpage, OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org. While you're there, please consider making a contribution. Donations help us continue to bring greater hope, understanding, and resolution on issues of civilian readjustment for all military veterans and families. Anyone who donates to the podcast will receive a free copy of the book, Sold Out, Conquering the Experiences of War, by Michael Orban. On behalf of Michael Orban, Bob Bach, and Aaron Schraufnagel, thanks for joining us, and please tune in again.